Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to yet another edition of your program Madrasa on A Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with special guests in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. However, you can send through your questions. I do say this all the time on our WhatsApp as well as our SMS and we will be happy to look at it uh, as the program continues. Alhamdulillah. However, we are in our first segment being Knowing My Lord and yeah, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to give us the opening dua as well as a brief recap and then also continuing from the topic. Sheikh Aslam Alaikum. Shukran wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Alhamdulillah, and how's yourself and Yasmina? I'm Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, no complaints. Alhamdulillah, lakulli hal bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'd. Rabbi sharahli sadri wa yassir li amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله thanks and praise is due to Allah Ta'ala always and forever and love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on him, his family, his friends and all those who follow his path May Allah grant us to be among them. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Allow me before we actually go into the recap, I've got two messages or a dua first and then the messages that I need to share with you. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wal Aqibatu Lil Muttaqeen. Wal Jannatu Lil Muahideen. Wala Udwana Illa Ala Dhalimeen. وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَىٰ أَشْرَفِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ سَيِّدِنَا وَمَوْلَانَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا فَإِنْ لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف أنا اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اجعل الحجاج حجهم حجا مبرورا وسعيهم سعيا مشكورا وذنبهم ذنبا مغفورا وعملهم صالحا مقبولا وتجارتهم لن تبور يا نور النور عالم ما في الصدور أخرجنا وإياهم من الظلمات إلى النور برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله thanks and praises to to Allah تعالى ما شاء الله um, I said I have got a few reminders that I want to share you with you and me and I want to say to you salamat to everybody out there Mubarak, or Baraka, may Allah grant Baraka to us 
for the time that Allah has granted us to live in. And that is the moment we are in, in, enjoying what is known to be of the best of times of ibadah in the sight of Allah. The best of times. In the words of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, um, as we know, Allah mentions to us in the Holy Quran that there is four months. Minha arba'atun hurum, these four months that Allah has made sacred. We are living the period of those four months. But inside the four months, it's even greater than the four months itself. It is ten days. Today is the first of the ten days which Allah swears by in the Holy Quran of the greatest of the greatest of times. The greatest moment in times is the times that we are living at the moment. It is the ten days of the Hijjah. The first ten days today is the first of the Hijjah. Baya, baya, slamat for Allah for Allah. I want to convey my Mubarak recording, my Mubarak message of the fact that it is the first ten days of Muharram, uh, uh, first ten days of, of the Hijjah. And all of us must be absolutely aware of it. All of us must be proud of living at this moment. All of us must go the extra mile, must go if listen to the words of our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When he used the tafsir, he used it to tafsir the words of Wal-Fajri Walayalin Ashr, when the Nabi uh, did the tafsir of that, he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, it is the greatest moment in time when a slave are busy in ibadah with Allah Ta'ala. That there's no ibadah in our whole life ever as great in the sight of Allah as this moment. Who says, not me, not you, no professor, no doctor, no person of, 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 of studies, and no. The Prophet, the greatest of all those who ever had knowledge, the final and last and the greatest of messengers, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you, you and my, and my messenger, Allahu Akbar, aren't we proud? He says to us, it is the greatest moment in ibadah in the sight of Allah. There's no time where ibadah has been uh, recorded as so great in the sight of Allah as this time. And the, the Sahaba asked the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, it, it, it is the greatest. And when the Sahaba asked the Nabi, um, is it even greater than jihad in the path of Allah? And you and I know that jihad is of the greatest ibadah. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, وَلَلْجِهَادُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ not even jihad in the path of Allah is as great as this moment. Illa, except for a person who goes into jihad. And when he goes into jihad, he does not leave a cent behind. He takes every cent, every penny of his. He takes his whole life with him. And he does not come back. Meaning he dies in the path of Allah. And every penny he has, he uses in the path of Allah. Everything of his life he takes with him, and he leaves nothing behind. Only that person is seen to be greater in ibadah than this moment of ibadah. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, it's the ten days of the hijjah. When Allah ta'ala grants Allah ta'ala's guest to come from everywhere around the world, to come to perform the Hajj.
to come and seek the mercy of Allah, to come and seek that means of where people want to be able to develop and come to recognize for who we are, what we should be doing and how should we live and appreciate the fact that we get the opportunity of being to meet with our Lord in this world prior to our meeting with Allah Yawm Al-Qiyamah where Allah does prepare to pardon and forgive each and every one of us on the calling of the had of the hujaj when they call unto Allah and Allah says on the day of Arafah Afidu ibadi maghfuran lakum go O my slaves I have pardoned each and every one of you you who came with yourselves, you, you who came to be able to, be, that I've invited, all of you, and whosoever's names you call for me to pardon them, I will do that and I will pardon them, each and every one of them. How fortunate. How fortunate are we? If our Nabi shows to us the caliber and the quality of these times, may Allah grant us to recognize how fortunate we are. Our Nabi recommended that we need to fast on these days. It is these days that is so great. Uh, Abu Huraira says in a hadith to us, and Abdullah ibn Umar, Sayyidina Umar's son, says to us, it is in these days which the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us to take the takbir everywhere. From today onwards, we make the takbir for the next 14 days. Um, if I say 14 days, I'm referring to, referring to the day, uh, then the next, about uh, the next thirteen days, we need to do the 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 the, 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 the these start of Ura, they, they said Abu Huraira says and Abu that the Nabi has taught us to be able to do the takbir aloud in the streets of the city of Medina, into the marketplaces, and we walk around in takbir. It sounded takbir, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. Many of us does not realize that it can be done already. But this is what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told the Sahaba. And they wouldn't have done anything if it was not from our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is already we went around and we made the takbir up till it came to the day of Eid, which is on the 10th and the three days thereafter. And our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentions to us, it is the greatest of words that we can say at this time. May Allah grant us to become alive in our homes, in our lives, all of us insha'Allah, and that we work towards the understanding of the, tak- of the slaughter of, of the days of Eid, and we actually strive to slaughter because that is the greatest of ibadah, but at the same time we keep our relations strong with the understanding that the fact that Allah has chosen amongst us, representing us on this great journey of Hajj, and those people who will be making dua on behalf of you and me and begging of Allah for you and my sins and weaknesses and faults and errors and begging of Allah to be able to grant the khair and barakah for us through the process of those hujaj that we keep our hearts and our minds with them we work on our intention to be able to look at the quality of our lives to implement something better than what we are for where we find ourselves now Shukran walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. For now, I hand back over to Sheikh to continue where we stop. Sheikh Tafadol. Shukran jazakallah khid for that, Sunayin Shasmina. 
we had uh, some some reminder to give to our people say, to contain congratulations for the time that we are in. May Allah accept from all of us and that we grow and develop with that opportunities, inshallah. Uh, as for the recapping of our lesson yesterday, we will look, take, look at at the process of what we are busy with in this segment. Knowing my Lord, we be dealing with what we call the uluhiyah of us, the ummah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa through the process of what happened when Allah revealed this Qur'an to our Nabi and to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum to be able to implement the deen of Islam. We indicated prior to the revelation of Allah Ta'ala in Surah Al-Alaq, Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, and then we've gone to the, the next surah where we've looked at um, Surah Naba, looked at the processes of, of, of how Allah Ta'ala deals with the sense of worshipping. We today have to look at the process of a surah that is known as Surah Mudathir, surah number 74. Allah Ta'ala says in verses number 1 to verses number 5, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ya ayyuhal mudathir, kum fa'anzir wa rabbaka fa'kabbir, wa thiyabaka fa'tahir wa rujz. Sami, sorry, وَالرُّجْزَ فَهْجُرُ Alhamdulillah. In these five verses, Allah Ta'ala speaks to us and Allah Ta'ala said to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُدَّثِّرُ O you, O Messenger of Allah, the one that's enveloped in garments, that's covered with the things around him, because of the cold and the effect that you went through, كُمْ فَأَنذِرُ Stand up and remind people and warn them. وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرُ and your Lord give honor and dignify and magnify your Lord. Subhanallah. As for your clothing, pure your garments, purify them, keep them clean. And keep away from rujz. And rujz is all the harms and the wrongs of idolatry and negativity and worshipping other than Allah Ta'ala. May Allah protect all of us, insha'Allah. So, that those are the five verses that Allah has revealed in here that is an effect that you and I need to look at. That Allah has sent the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam not long after the very first revelation. In those messages, Allah said to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, says the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya ayyuhal muddathir. Allah called the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, muddathir, the person who in actual fact is covered, after what has happened with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right? And Allah Ta'ala said to him, Kum fa'andir, stand up. Meaning, do not, now uh, we know that you uh, were shocked by the process of what happened with you, but after having to get this great message of Islam which came to you via Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, Kum, now you need to stand up. It's not ending there. That has made you a prophet. That Message that came to you with Iqra has made of you a messenger. You have a message that you need to carry. What is this message? Kum fa'andir, stand up and carry over that message to others. It made you a messenger. You were a prophet under normal circumstances, as a prophet like all other prophets, but then you from there onwards need to be able to take the responsibility of prophethood and that is to be able to see that you carry over the message that you have to pass that over to others for under remind them what what they supposed to be reminded with now Allah just says kum fa'andir 
Precisely what were they were supposed to be reminded with? And this is the understanding of what you and I need to get here. The understanding of having to recognize that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. Now, how come? Because the world that was at that moment in its, in its format, the world that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam lived in, the world that was in, was a world of jahiliyyah, where everybody from all sides of the world, whether it is the north, the south, the east, or the western side of this world, no matter where in this world people lived, nobody had guidance. Nobody was, was, gui- was guided to truth. Everybody was just living their own life. Nowhere, the east, the west, the north, the south. In every corner of this world, there was only jahiliyyah. There was no such thing as civilization. Totally uncivilized was a total human race. The human being everywhere around the earth was totally uncivilized, rude. Uh, everything that was negative, corruption, destruction was the order of the day. It was the life of of nomadity to be able to have wars and maiming and killing and destroying one another has been the common thing. Right? So at that moment Allah revealed to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Kum, stand up, wa anzir, remind them it's all about them coming to recognize their Lord. Those things that they are living in is simply happening to them because they've gone to the extent of denying to come or not coming to see Allah or not seeing the Lord Allah, not realizing that He is the one in charge of everything out there, that there's nothing in their life that ever will happen to them or He is in charge of it or He is the one guiding them to righteousness or He is taking them and taking them by the hand and guiding them to walk on this Sirat al-Mustaqim. May Allah grant us to be of those. May Allah grant us to recognize how fortunate we are. And make us of those people who strive to be able to show appreciation to our Lord for those great favors that Allah has granted us. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings. So Allah said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Kum, stand up, fa'andir, and remind them. Remind them of the fact that it's simply because of them not showing their submission to Allah, not coming to recognize who Allah is, not putting Allah in perspective into their lives, that they're living the life of havoc, corruption and destruction, and that they can come out of that if they are truly reminded and prepared to accept those reminders. Allah opened the path for us. And then Allah says to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and your Lord, give honor and dignity to him. Magnify the, the, the understanding and the ability of your Lord. Let everybody understand through your, mes- through your message that you see that you recognize him as the greatest of everything. That there's nothing greater than him. There's nothing greater in his compassion and his love and his care. And there's nothing greater than him in his mercy to humanity. And there's nothing greater than him in his power and his might out there. And if that is the reality, come to recognize that there's nothing greater that deserves to be worshipped than Him. And then 
Glorify your role, O Lord, in the sense of recognizing him in his powers and his might, and thereby coming to draw the conclusion that nothing and nobody has the greatest and the right to be worshipped other than him. Allahu Akbar. May Allah grant us to come to realize that we need to worship none other. وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِرْ As for your clothing and your garments, cleanse it, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Remember, Allah speaks in the Quran to the Nabi, but also to all of us. وَالرُّجْزَ فَهْجُرْ And please do not participate and keep away from رُجْز from harang, from negativity, from disobedience, from worshipping any other than Allah. Do not participate in idolatry. Do not participate in the filth of idolatry, in the corruption and destruction of idolatry. For when you worship anything other than Allah, you can then do just what you want to, how you want to, like you want to. Everything is permissible. Every sin is totally permissible. There's no extent of sin. Because you can be the president of the country and you can bring all corruption on your people and on yourself. Because it doesn't depend on whether you are the president or not. It's simply because you worship anything or everything other than Allah. And every other religion besides the religion of Allah, besides the submission of your Lord Allah, besides of giving Him the honor that belongs to Him, opens up the door to allow you to do and to make whatever you want to do. And that's why you can kill and maim. And that's why in the modern day the world can go about to be able to create wars and to kill and to maim and to destroy and to lie and to make things be and put a false protection process to it. And you and I dream what we think and what we see of the West. And they are the core of corruption and destruction. They are the ones that brings about the wars that there is in the world. And they, through their religion, through the God that they believe in, and the God gives them the right to do all the wrongs, only the deen, Allah, gives you no permission to do the sin. And that Allah says, وَالرُّجِزَ fajur. Abstain from any form of idolatry, for idolatry opens all the sins. Every sin that man lives by has been opened because of idolatry. Na'udhu Billah. May Allah forgive us. May Allah open the path for us. So when I use the word idolatry, I refer to the word idolatry. I refer to the word Satanism. I refer to the word every other religion. I refer to the word Satanism. Or even secularism, it all comes to the very, very same thing. It's most probably here and there, but wallah, I swear by the Lord, it is exactly one and the same thing, given different names to its own. Because all of them gives you permission to be able to do just as you wish, when you wish, and they have no intention to guide you to what is beneficent for your life and the beneficence for the year after. May Allah grant us to be Muslims and understand the path that we need to work in. Excellent. On that note, we break for ads and when we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned.
After the clouds of devastation have passed over the lands of so many of our brothers and sisters, Muslim Hans is asking you to share your qurbani with the poor and needy of these and other grief-stricken countries. From as little as 600 rand, you can offer your qurbani in up to 30 countries including Palestine, Malawi, Afghanistan, Sudan, Iraq and Somalia. You can also purchase your local qurbani in Cape Town from 1,750 rand per sheep. To purchase your qurbani, contact Muslim Hans on 021-633-6413 or visit muslimhans.org.za. Unite for the needy and share your qurbani. We are changing our name from Shockers to Fizzy Shocks. I hope you're not changing the chewy sour candy with a zingy sour center. No, all we're changing is our name. From now on, we are Fizzy Shocks. I hope you're not changing your shocking fizzy flavors. Awesome apple, crazy strawberry, chewy cherry, blackcurrant and blueberry. We wouldn't dream of it. All we're changing is our name. Okay, from now on, the new name is Fizzy Shocks, a product of KR Sweets. Fusion Event Promotions presents the first ever Islamic Arts Festival at the Castle of Goodhope from the 6th to the 8th of October 2017. Experience an array of Islamic arts from Kirah to poetry, calligraphy to nasheed with an exciting art workshop, a host of local designers and fashion and loads of live entertainment. Be part of history in the making at the first ever Islamic Arts Festival proudly brought to you by Oka essay and the voice of the Cape exhibition space now available for more information call 061 491 5416 or 081 424 7259 has your cooking been average of late? Then you have to try the new Super Tomato Paste. This Super Tomato Paste is sure to take your cooking to another level. The fresh tomato taste with Super Tomato Paste. Did you try it? For a mouth-watering addition to your dish, get your Super Tomato Paste at your leading cash and carry on local supermarket. The fresh tomato taste with Super Tomato Paste. Madrasa on A. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on E. We are in our first segment being Knowing My Lord. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. For now I cross back over to Sheikh to continue where we stopped just before the ad break. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah khat for the husband Yasmina. We were looking at the words of Allah Ta'ala in the verses Ya Ayyul Muddathir Kum Fa'andir until verse number 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5. Allowed to speak to us and spoke to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So do we and I can become part of those people. And Allah said to us, and we said the reasons why is because Allah wants us to be able to purify the process of our own lives. At the same, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or Allah Ta'ala is saying to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi and to the Ummah, you and I do not be part of worshipping any other. Do not be part of idolatry. Do not make your life worshipping other than Allah and Allah alone. See that we worship Allah, and that we are obedient in our worship, and that we carry out, that we strive to want to be righteous Muslimin, that we recognize we are not there as yet. With the, the, those we have that has been to that sense has been the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Things has changed through times and has affected us and our forefathers to the extent that you and I live something other than that. May Allah grant forgiveness for, for us and for all of them. 
And may Allah grant khair and barakah that we be of those people who want to make the intention, who comes back to this righteous religion and carry it out to the best of our abilities in the manner given to us by Allah in the Quran and the Sunnah Tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being the people to be the example to that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that Allah grants us to be able to recognize their hard work the efforts that they've done that we revere them and that we strive our best to be able to follow their lifestyle for the best of this dunya and the best of the after Allahumma ameen ameen ya rabbal alameen and as we've said it's all about the process of recognizing the fact that our worshiping must be for Allah and for Allah Ta'ala alone now this message carried right through the period of the life of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Mecca. It was simply the message of وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ وَرْجِزَ فَهْجُرْ Your Lord give honor and glorification to him, come to recognize him, come to understand him, come to appreciate him for who he is from the side of Rububiyyah and from the side of Uluhiyyah. And then see that you do not allow yourself to participate in being disobedient to that, in being opposing to that, that you submit to that to the best of your ability. May Allah grant us to be of those, inshallah, who fulfill that. Our scholar says to us that that comes through in the very message of Allah when Allah takes us to the verses in Surah, surah what we call Surah Al-Ikhlas, um, verse Surah 120, Surah 112, 112, verses 1 to verses number 5. And in Surah Al-Ikhlas, we know Surah Al-Ikhlas is called what we say, And Allah revealed this to the people in Mecca and said to them, Allah Ahad. And the reason, uh, as the scholars are saying, why Allah puts it in this way is the Quraysh, when they came to know that Allah is to be worshipped alone, they found it very, very strange because they were used to worshipping many idols, an idol for the fact that they have a problem, they want to get married to a partner, so they have an idol that can help them to do this. They were, they, they were a people who were constantly in fights with various people and they wanted to be powerful over those people that way, and they had an idol for that. Which means they, they went to a certain idol who could help them for that position. If they were going to go onto a journey far away from home, and they needed safety and security, they had an idol for that. And so they would have various idols, various idols. And every idol they had, they, they claimed the reason for these idols is, لِيُقَرِّبُنَا إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَى that these idols will be the reason, the cause that we will be getting nearer to Allah Ta'ala in our life. Ya Rabb. And Allah Ta'ala showed through the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that these people do not understand what is meant by worshipping Allah. And that they in actual fact worshipping the idols, but they're not worshipping Allah. And the unfortunate reality is it's still happening today, right up till today. Even some of us calling ourselves Muslim are worshipping everything other than Allah. We're not worshipping Allah. But this is the reason why Allah tells us, say to them when it comes to the worshipping, call who Allah, the one that you worship Muhammad, Ahad is 
absolutely alone. There's only Tawheed in Him. He is the only Lord that has the power of every one of those that they worship. He alone possesses all those powers. The powers to trust Him and the powers to rely upon Him and the powers to be able to take His protection is only in Allah. None of the other idols can be there for anything other for any of those things. Those powers belongs to Allah and to Allah alone. It mustn't be shared. It mustn't be given to anything else. We don't trust anything other than Allah. We don't rely on anything other than Allah. We don't seek protection from anything other than Allah. And we know only Allah and Allah alone in having to worship is that we need to do. So the Quraysh could not take this. They saw this as very uncomfortable and they saw it as a means of going against their idols. It is taking the right of their idols which they've given honor to all the time. It's taking that right of them away. And Allah and, and, and then they say to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and say, describe to us, explain to us who is your Lord? That Lord that you say his name is Allah. Explain to us who, if he is so different to the ones that we have as lords, that we worship these idols. They are our idols that we honor and revere. And who's yours? So Allah Ta'ala informed them in the Holy Quran by sending to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Qul, Muhammad say unto them, Who Allah, that is Allah. Ahad, Allah Ta'ala is Ahad. Meaning, he is absolutely unique. And if we say that Allah is unique, we, we normally when we speak about unique, the word unique is something that we mean, it is the relationship towards others. In the relationship with others, we see something to be unique. But the uniqueness of Allah is something other. Shukran so much, Ash. For now, I hand back over to Sheikh to continue with Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah khair for that man, Yasmina. We, we were busy explaining the process of Allah in His unique. And, and we said Allah is unique. Whenever we use in the English language the word unique, then I say something is unique. Because if I say something is a very unique garment, then I'm referring to all other garments. In, the refer, in reference to all the other garments, it is unique. Right? So it's a unique. If I say, when I speak to the uniqueness of Allah, Allah says Ahad, the word Ahad means what we would say come from the word one. But the word one in the Arabic language means one, and, and one we would say wahid, one. But Ahad means that it is not one only. It is one, truly one, but one in comparison to nothing out there. It's not a comparison one where you compare it like the one garment which is unique to all other garments and you compare it. No, it is one in comparison to none other, which means nothing like it ever, nothing equal to him, nothing equal to status and position and nobody and nothing has the right 
to fit the issue of uluhiyah except him and him alone. So uluhiyah belongs to him only. He's ahad in uluhiyah, but he's not ahad in uluhiyah only. He is ahad in rububiyah. In his rububiyah, there's nothing or nobody that has the powers of him. So he is of the tangible world, tangibility. Everything shows clearly and shows directly if you have insight and if you have knowledge. If your knowledge is of benefit to you, then it will show you the whole universe is a clear answer that when it comes to rububiyah and uluhiyah, it belongs to Allah and to Allah absolutely alone. And uluhiyah and rububiyah is the essence of ahad of Allah, that nothing in Allah's total creation has the right and the position to be able to create or to make. Or to bring about something and that belongs to an only. As in Rububiyyah, so obviously Uluhiyyah, worshipping anything other than Allah, would be a final sin, would be the worst sin ever. That's why to worship anything other, it is the sin that opens up the door for all other sins. It is the worst sin. It is the lowest of all sins. There's nothing as disgrace and disgust. For man with intellect still to be able to worship anything other than other. It is the greatest, the worst, the gravest of sin to worship any other than Allah. May Allah grant us to come to realize how fortunate we are. La ilaha illallah. Nashadu an la ilaha illahu. Wa anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. Ya Rabb, we be testimony to the fact that there is none worthy of worship except for him. And this is what we see is the message of Kulhu Allahu Ahad, that He is one. His might and His power is unique, and absolute uniqueness, not in, not in comparison to anything out there. So His uniqueness in the word Ahad is an extreme uniqueness. You cannot compare Allah to anything, to everything. And Allah goes after having says, ahad, The whole surah goes to explain to us who Allah is. Allah then expounds on that word ahad furthermore when Allah says in the next verse, Allahu Samad. He's not ahad only, but his sense of being ahad, being so absolutely unique, makes him samad. Everything, everything that there is, every detail of being that there is, other than Allah, is in total according and need of Allah. Everything is in need of, of Him. He Himself is self-sufficient. He doesn't need anything. And everything is in need of Him. Everything is in need of their sustenance comes from Him. And He's in need of nothing of His whole creation. Everything in creation, whatever it is, is not, is in dire need of Him. The whole creation, you and me, and everything, the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, the mineral kingdom, the skies, the, 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 stars, the creation of, 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 of the, the cosmos, 
everything is constantly in need, dire need of Allah Ta'ala. Always and forever they are in dire need. And you and I need to know that you and I are in dire need of Allah. And we see that we cannot without Allah. And we need to have our commitment to Allah, our reliance on Allah, our dependence on Allah, our yaqeen and our tawakkul within Allah, our iman with Allah. We had to have that fully with Allah. And that's when Allah says, Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad, Samad is when Allah says, that uniqueness of mine goes to the extent that I'm so unique, I will never ever be in need of any of my creation. But everything, forever, always, will be in dire need of me, and they cannot live without, and they cannot carry on, or develop, or be beneficent to anything without my Sustenance that I sustain them with Ya Rabb Allahu Samad Then Allah Ta'ala carries on Because they wanted to know exactly who Allah is They wanted to know Allah And Allah Ta'ala gave them these two verses In the next verse Allah Ta'ala Because they asked the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Where does he come from? What is his uh, 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 was he born? Was he? Was he? Was he somebody who came from a mother and a father of that nature? Allah then informed them and said, "Lam yalid, he was not born. He was lam yalid, walam yulad, and neither uh, was he begotten. He, he was not born. Neither did he. He was not born from a mother and a father. Neither." Um, does he give cho- is he in charge of the fact of having to bring off more others that can be worshipped after him as having to need to have a progeny that follows after him that can honor and look after his name under no circumstances. He is the mighty fool, the power that creator who's created has been always. He was always never in need of anything. He is forever and forever will remain until the last hour when everything will come to an end his might and his power will still be there but he's of such a nature Samad that to the extent not only will everything be in need of him he will never ever be in need of anything and even if everything comes to an end it does not add to his might and power neither do do they not take anything from his might and power his might and power is and will remain like that forever Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are heading on to our second segment, and that is, of course, I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? The questions that are coming through with regards to the second segment, we will be looking at that at about 20 to 4, inshallah. But for now, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where we stopped yesterday. Sheikh Tafadol. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wa ahda wa salatu wa salamu ala madla nabiya ba'd. Alhamdulillah, and Yasmina, just in, in the program yesterday, we were dealing with I am Muslim, so what is expected of me? We were dealing with the subject matter of Salah, and in that process, we were looking at upon whom is the Salah obligatory, and we, we went through that, and then we went to the other aspect called the times of prayer, and we went to the Hadith of Jabir, and we said how Imam Bukhari indicates, and it's said by Imam Tirmidhi, that Imam Bukhari said the most authentic report concerning the times of the prayer is the hadith of Jabir radiyallahu anhu 
Alhamdulillah. We then went to the, to the various times and we said when Dhuhr Salah is, from what time to what time will it be Dhuhr? And we showed there from the sun, when the moment the sun goes away from the zenith, which means in the middle of the sky, the moment it moves away, then it's a walk of Dhuhr. From there it starts, and it can go up to when the length of anything, the, 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 the length of anything, the, uh, uh, of any object, the length of its uh, uh, shadow is exactly the same. Now, which means the sun has now moved a distance where the length of that object and the length of the the shadow of that object becomes the same, and that would then tell us the time in the day that would be the waqt of Dhur. As for the waqt of Asr, we said, it is exactly the same. It starts then when the length of the object is exactly the length the length of the of, when the length of the shadow of that object is exactly the length of the object itself. That is the beginning of the walk of Asr, and that runs until the moment when the the length of the shadow of that object is double the length of the object itself. And as as some scholars say, and that runs and runs until uh, uh, to the, the object's length until sunset, right? Until the sun sets, or just before sunset. Um, and then they say the walk of the Maghrib is when, the, when, for that matter, at sunset, immediately after sunset, until the twilight disappears. And we've discussed twilight and what it is, that, that red, reddish effect in the Samad just before the coming of the darkness. As long as that there is still twilight in the sky, the walk of Maghrib is there until it disappears. When it disappears, it's not Maghrib anymore. Then that's the beginning of the walk of Aisha. So the walk of Aisha starts with the disappearance of the twilight until half or one third of the night, as mentioned by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Some scholars says that it goes up to the the, the walk of Fajr, which means the walk of. Uh, of 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 um, Aisha runs right through the night, right? The, mo- the uh, then the morning prayer, which is the Fajr prayer, is from the break of dawn. The break of dawn is when the darkness of the night moves into some light that comes through the darkness. You see, start to see the light comes out until the sun rises. You know? That is the walk of Fajr. So anything between the sunrise before sunrise and the break of dawn, meaning the, the darkness moves to some light, that is the waqt for Fajr, right? Um, the, the, we brought came that to, 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 to that moment, uh, we discussed we, all that, and then we went, after that we went into, which is the middle prayer, and the, the words of Allah, where Allah says in the Holy Quran, in Surah Baqarah, Surah number 2, verses 238, Allah says, Hafidhu Allah says, God strictly the prayers, especially the middle prayer, and stand before Allah with a sense of obedience. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu we said, reported that the Messenger of Allah said during the battle of, of, of Ahzab, they, the, 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 the various tribes of these have preoccupied us from the prayer of Asr. Um, may Allah fill their homes and their graves with fire. A dua of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then we went into, is it preferred to pray the noon prayer earliest? In its proper time, as long as it is not excessively hot, um, or which 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 one is it preferred to be able to pray it immediately and what? And we read the hadith of Jabir, um, 
that Jabir ibn Samara said that the Prophet sallallahu used to perform the noon prayer, the dhuwr prayer, when the sun moved past its zenith, immediately after the sun was in the middle of the sky, and then immediately Nabi sallallahu alayhi would prefer, prefer that. And then it said, it is preferred to let it cool down before praying the noon prayer when it is not excessively hot. When it, I'm sorry, when it is excessively hot. If it is excessively hot, it's preferred to let it cool down first and then to prefer to do that. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhi narrated that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, if it is very hot, perform the prayer after it has cooled off. As the intensity of the heat is from the exhalation of the, fa- the, the al-fire. Na'udhu billah. This is the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wanting to say to us. It's preferable for us to be able to delay the salah for dhuwr if it is excessively hot. And that brought us to, the pre- to looking at what we had for, for yesterday in our lesson. We go to the other portion of our lesson today. And it is preferred to pray the often pray early. In its time, the afternoon prayer would refer to the waqt of Asr. Anas narrated that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, used to pray the, the Asr prayer while the sun was high and bright in the sky. The person would then go to the outskirts of Medina and arrive there while the sun was still high in the sky, which means that um, when the Nabi وسلم, was performing Asr Salah, and a person would perform the salah of Asr by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the person has completed the salah with the Nabi in the city of Medina. The person will be able to move to the outskirts of the city after the salah. And still the sun was high in the sky to be able to show what time was the waqt of Asr performed by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was not made very near the waqt of Maghrib. It was made early in the waqt. As mentioned by our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as the Sahabas indicated. And then the scholars goes into the one who misses the, the afternoon prayer, the one who misses and the harm and the sin and the negativity on that person that misses the afternoon prayer. Ibn Umar, Sayyidina Umar's son Abdullah ibn Umar narrated that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, the one who misses the asr prayer is like one deprived of his family and wealth. It is also narrated by Buraida that the Prophet said, The one who abandons the Asr prayer has had his deeds voided. Allahu Akbar. Showing to us in these two ahadith the extent of the value of a person to be able to perform his Asr prayer as soon as the waqt is in and not to be able to delay them or to probably to miss them because missing them would be very very easy for what happens in life of man the scholars goes further and saying um, the one who delays the often pray until the sun is yellow and low towards the horizon a hadith by Anas narrated that he heard the messenger of Allah say that the prayer of the person who performs his salah at the time when the sun is yellow is a prayer of the hypocrite. He sits washing the sun until it is between the two horns of the devil and then he stands praying four rakats quickly like the pecking of a bird, not remembering Allah but little. Na'udhu billah. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah.
And then we go to the other aspect and say, it is preferred to pray the sunset prayer immediately, meaning the waqt of Maghrib. It is, it is preferred that we make the waqt of Maghrib immediately, and it is disliked to delay the waqt of Maghrib. Udba ibn Amir, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, My nation shall continue to, do, to be in a good state, or he said until the natural way, as long as they do not delay the sunset prayer until the numerous stars appear together. So we just read that, that hadith again for us of what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. He said, my nation, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my nation meets my ummah, shall continue to be in a state of goodness. Or he said, upon the natural way, or they will be in the, 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 the natural way, the, the, my nation shall remain in the natural way, as long as they do not delay the sunset, the Maghrib prayer. When the various stars comes together in the sky, meaning that they need to be able to perform the Maghrib prayer as earliest as possible in the waqt. And then in another hadith, it is mentioned, narrated by Salama. He said, narrated that the Messenger of Allah would pray this Maghrib prayer when the sun would set and disappear behind the horizon, which means earliest possible, the waqt for Maghrib would be performed by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then it says, it is preferred to delay the night prayer, the Aisha prayer, as long as there is no causing of hardship. Shukran so much, Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah for that one. As we, we've said prior to the, 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 uh, the break, the things that we've covered, what is preferred uh, the, when to pray the various awqat that we've been dealing with, um, um, the, the preference of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then we said, it is preferred to delay the Aisha salah. As long as there is no causing of hardship, difficulties, it doesn't cause any uncomfort, then it's preferred to delay the Aisha Salah. Aisha radiallahu anha said, one night the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam waited until most of the night had passed and the people in the mosque were sleeping. And then he went out and performed the Salah. He said, this would be its time if it were not to be a hardship upon my nation. Subhanak. It means it would be recommended to be able to delay this waqt of Aisha but later and not to be hasteful to perform the Aisha as early as possible. Meaning the later we perform the Aisha Salah is the preference for us in the words of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then the words of the disapproval of sleeping before the night prayer. The scholar says it is not recommended, it is disapproved by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go and sleep before the Aisha salah and of, of conversing afterwards without any true need or benefit. Which means it's not recommended before or after the waqt of Aisha to go in conversing and conversation and do other things 
and, and do this, that, and the other with any need, if there's no need or benefit for it, if there's a need or a, or a benefit for it to be able to do anything that's beneficent to man, after the walk of Aisha, it's permissible, but if it's not, if it's not something that is ben, a, a benefit or no need for mankind to do so, then it's not approved by Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be able to go into conversation after the walk of Aisha. And then it goes to, it is preferred to perform the morning prayer, the Fajr prayer, early in its time. Aisha radiyallahu anha, the wife of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, the believing woman used to attend the morning prayer, used to attend the Fajr prayer with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, completely covered in their garments. Then they would go back to their houses after finishing the Salah and no one would recognize them due to the darkness that there is. Which means the departure when the when it is for Fajr Salah, the woman would come to the masjid and come and perform the Fajr Salah with the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would not take it to that length. That when the woman goes, it will still be dark and nobody would be able to recognize which is that woman because of their dress, their cover. And that they will keep away from the public streets. So no, you would know that they are moving, these women moving. But you wouldn't know who is who because of the fact that it is not as bright yet. And which means the Fajr Salah has been done as early as possible. There is still darkness in the sky. Subhanak. Now the next point that is... For us to understand, as the Sahaba asked the question, or the people asked the question, the scholars asked the question, when does the person actually make up or catch up with the time of the prayer? What makes him do things that actually like he is in time for the prayer? A hadith of Abu Huraira reported that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever catches the raka'ah of the morning prayer before the sun rises, has catched the morning prayer or has performed the morning prayer. Whoever performs it before the sun rises has, 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 has actually caught up with the salah in time. Whoever performs a rakah after the afternoon prayer before the sun sets has actually performed the afternoon prayer. The afternoon prayer would refer to the waqt of asr. Whoever performs it before he performs a, a, performs a rakah in salah one raka'ah before the sun sets has then allowed to be able to be called that he has performed his waqt in time. This ruling is not particular for only the morning and afternoon prayers. It does not refer to the fajr and the asr prayers only, but is general for every prayer. Meaning when the awqat has been given to us like the waqt of fajr, if you perform it before if something happens that you get yourself in, 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 in things, doing things and you can only before it, before, perform it before the sun rises and you receive one rakah, then it would be considered as if you perform your whole salah within that period. The same happens to the waqt of asr, but the scholar says this happened for everything else. Like for instance, instance the waqt of dhur, as long at, as the, as the, the waqt of dhur ends when the, the length of the the, the, the shadow of any object is the directly the length of that, that, that uh, object. 
That's the end of the waqt of Abdur. But the waqt of Dur starts immediately after that. So when you get one rak'ah completed before the shadow is the length of the the shadow is the length of the object, then you've got the waqt of Dur in its time. And this is what the scholars are saying. Directly the same happens with the waqt of Asr as we indicated, and similarly to the waqt of Maghrib for Isha and the waqt of Isha. Uh, uh, before Fajr Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah As is described to us As to when is a person having he performed his salah Within time Right And, and it says This ruling is not particular for only the morning And the afternoon days It's not for Fajr and for uh, uh, For Asr only But it's generally for every salah Abu Hurairah reported that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said whoever has performed the rakah of the salah has uh, performed it has performed that prayer meaning if he has performed one rakah within its time he has performed that time in, in, in its time has performed it within its time now the question now the scholars are saying how do we make up misprayers what do we do and the scholars it goes to it says Anas reported that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says Whoever forgets a prayer or sleeps through it Then the expiation is to perform it when he remembers it Remember, if somebody did not perform his salah due to either having to forget and realize panic The moment he comes to his realization he needs to perform it immediately And or he needs to perform it if he slept the moment he wakes up and comes to his senses that he must be able to perform that salah immediately that is what we need to do with the salah that we actually because you've missed it for some reason or another the scholars goes further and asks does the one who intentionally leaves a prayer until its time finishes make up the prayer can he actually uh, rebuild that salah it says in the hadith ibn hamza said Allah has made for every prayer an appointed time with set limits. It begins at a specific time and becomes void at a specific time. Meaning means it runs from a certain moment until, until the next moment. There is no difference between one who prays it before its time and the one who prays it after its time. As each one of them has prayed it outside of its time, in addition, the making up of a prayer is a legal issue and such legal rulings are not permissible except by Allah upon the tongue of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If making up an obligatory prayer that the one who intentionally has abandoned the prayer did not perform, did not perform it until its time was finished neither Allah nor his messenger would have failed to point that out they also would not have forgotten to mention it and they also would not intention leave us without explaining the issue Allah this Allah says to us in Surah Maryam in Surah Maryam as, as, as verse as Surah number 19 verse 64 Allah says وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ نَصِيَّ Your Lord was never forgetful. Meaning Allah doesn't make mistakes. Allah would mention those things. 
every law that has been made, brought in the Qur'an or Sunnah, every law that has not been brought in the Qur'an and Sunnah is void. So meaning if there is no law that says to us, a person has performed his salah, if you have performed your salah, whether you performed it in time or outside time, it would be considered that you have performed it. But it would be considered that you have performed it outside time, so it would not be considered the same in the sight of Allah. Meaning, it is here asking of us to be able to not go out to want to con- con- look at others and say, yeah, but he did not perform his salah in time. We need to look at ourselves. We need to look at and blame nobody else and say that we've made the mistake. We, ha- we came to realize it was supposed to be done and I did not do it in time. So I'll try to do it to the best of my ability as soon as I come to realization. And Allah Ta'ala would be the one to be able to give judgment to us for that Yawm Al-Qiyamah. May Allah protect us that we are not part of those who actually delay the Salah on purpose. Na'udhu Billah. May Allah grant khairan barakah. And then the scholars goes out to a process where they ask the question, the times in which it is prohibited to pray, is the times which is prohibited? Uqba ibn Amir said, there are three times of the day concerning which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam prohibited us from praying or from drying our dead. When the sun rises, when the sun rises first occurs until it rises above the horizon. The moment the sun rises from the from the horizon. The moment you see, you see the sun from its beginning until it can completely above the horizon, at that time it's not recommended for us to pray the first one. The second one, during the noon prayer until the sun goes past the zenith. During the noon, uh, during the zenith moment, meaning the moment the sun is in the middle of the sky, when there is no shadow above us, then that is zenith. The moment it moves from that to be able to give us some shadow, then, or when the shadow is at its shortest, to when the, it, it starts to develop, it grows bigger, that is the period when, the, when there's no uh, shadow or the sh- shadow is at the shortest, is one of those occasions or moments called the zenith moment where it's not recommended for us the second moment during which the noon, the high noon, until the sun goes past its zenith. And then the third one, when the sun is leaning towards sunset until it sets. Meaning, you see the sun becomes yellow in color, changes its color, and goes to the, to the, to the horizon to set until it's completely set. That whole period is a recommendation that we do not like Sunnah Salah. The three times as the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has prevented the Sahaba to be able to do that Salah is when the sun, the beginning of the sunrise and the completion of sunrise. Meaning, you still see the sun starts getting up from the horizon and it grows up until the sun is just above the horizon. That is the time when our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has preferred the Sahaba not to be able to Salah. The second one, when the sun is about to set, you start seeing it becomes yellow and change of color and goes onto the horizon. From there onwards until it's completely set, there's no more sun in on the horizon, you cannot see any sun. So that brings, at that period, it's not recommended to perform sunnah. And the third one, as the Nabi Sallallahu taught us, is to be able to, during the midday, when the sun is in the zenith, 
meaning just above the, the, the uh, above us, uh, slightly above us, where there is either no shadow or the shadow is on its shortest, then that period it's not recommended to be able to perform any sunnah salah. It is noted that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam explained the reasons for such prohibition when he said to Amir ibn Abasha, perform the prayer of Fajr and then refrain from praying until the sun rises. And it is above, until the sun rises above the horizon. For it rises between the two horns of the devil, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And at that time, the disbelievers prostrate and they go in worshipping to their lords. And they actually prostrate to the shaitan. Then pray, then pray the 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 adur salah. Um, the prayer is witnessed by and attended by the malaika until the shadow is the length of a of the the, the length. Inshallah. And in this time period, we are going to be looking at some of those questions that came through. And this is with regards to Salah and the second segment being, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And the first question goes as follows, Sheikh Salam, Sheikh, can Sheikh tell me which Salah must I do first? Asr or Dhuwar Qada'an? I have taken some cough syrup and tablets for the flu, which makes me sleepy. So I slept through the walk of Dhuwar and only woke up five minutes before the Adhan for Asr. Which walk must Salah first? Shukran for that question, Andy. In in a case like the person I said, which alarm must I do first? In that which the person says that a person fell asleep um, before the waqt of dhuhr and woke up when it became the waqt of asr or almost asr salah, which salam must I do first? Now there's two answers here. The person needs to take, take heed of. If the person gets up, he says he wakes up five minutes before the time, and that person can perform his sunnah salah. He can perform his wudu. And after performing wudu can get the opportunity to be able to perform one raka'ah Then Allah would consider the salah performed in time before the waqt of asr If that is understood Which means as the Nabi has described as to when is the waqt of asr This person woke up five minutes before then and wants to perform the waqt of dhur and, uh, and, and now can perform his wudu and clean himself and do all that and then that person performs one raka'ah before the waqt of asr then that would be considered as the words of the Nabi says as if he performed his salah in time if the person has performed has uh, uh, got up that five minutes before the time and need to go and relieve him or herself and then you have to take wudu and the waqt of asr is in already and the person did not perform the waqt of dhuwr as yet according to the scholars it's preferable to perform the waqt of dhuwr first and then the waqt of asr for now the person has over enough time to perform the waqt of asr because it will be for the length of that period of time it will be the waqt of asr but the waqt of dhuwr needs to be performed as soon as possible as said by the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam either when the person fell asleep because of reasons of medication as indicated and or the person forgot and the moment the person comes to realization needs to perform it ASAP as soon as possible then that is what the scholar says it needs to be done when we perform the salah 
of it is the wakt of asr but the need for this form for the wakt of the word it comes first for that matter shukran so much for that sheikh the other question reads salam sheikh explain again what if a person miss asr salah what if a person miss asr salah as in described as by the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hadith of the sahaba radiyallahu anhum when we said what happens with a middle salah or the the when you actually uh, uh forget that then it will be considered for you that the person has as if the person has uh, uh, lost his, his his family and he's done harm to himself in the process subhanak may allah forgive us um if a person delays the asasara or he did not perform the asasara it would be considered as if a person who is a hypocrite in islam naudhu billah may allah protect all of us that we do not become part of those people who becomes the hypocrites na'udhu billah may Allah protect all of us inshallah shukran so much for that shaykh the last question reads salam is the correct what is the correct time to pray salatul duha the person asks the question what is the right time to perform the salatul duha i'd like to ask the person to bear with us still we are still busy on the fart salah and the awqat of the fart salah we're not busy with the awqat of the sunnah salawat and that is one of the sunnah salah we will be dealing and getting there please bear with us we will be dealing if you can resend us that question a little bit later when we deal with it, that aspect uh, for us in uh, uh, um, madrasa on air we wish to be able to deal with the person step by step so that we can all develop and grow with us these are questions or de- issues that we haven't dealt with as yet the sunnah aspects we're going to go there and we're going to equally develop it like we deal with the process of the fara'id first the fart salah first shukran so much for that sheikh so also for the person who sent through the question in terms of how does a person make tasbih salah we will probably be also getting to that aspect as well we will be going to the aspect of the question when a person how does the person perform the tasbih salah we are not busy with the fart salah as yet we're only looking at the times of the fart salah so inshallah we need to cover the understanding of those things which is a necessity first on us and then inshallah we will be going to all the other salawat that there is tasbih salah is one of those inshallah which we will be dealing with in the problem um, i appreciate the question but thank you very much and please bear with us as we are developing the processes inshallah excellent sheikh there's another question that came through it states here salam sheikh if you make duar and the adhan for asr goes must i stop or continue my duar salah the person says uh, i'm performing dhuhr has already started with my dhuhr if the person has just started with the salah and the salah is going and the person came perform is performing dhuhr and the adhan is going for asr already in such a case it would be best if the person has completed one rak'ah of the salah that he carries on pers- persisting in the salah but if the person is going has performed the salah has started with the salah it's best to complete the salah whether he completed in uh, if he ha- if he has completed one rakah it would be considered he's performed his work in time if he did not complete one rakah as yet it would be considered as doing the salah as soon as possible but it would be considered as doing the what we call qada salah out of its time Shukran so much for answering that, Sheikh. That now brings us to the end of our answering session. For now, I am going to be asking Sheikh to do the closing dua for us, inshallah, for Madrasan. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran, Jazakallah khair. Um, 
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي حسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواسوا بالحق وتواسوا بالصبر وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين والحمد لله رب العالمين that now brings us to the end of our madrasan a program for when Day. Shukran so much to all of you who contributed from myself Yasmina along with everyone on board. We bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.